be very curious about what you're saying and what you're sharing. Is this even true? Question it. Yeah, if, you're, if your beliefs, if you can't question your beliefs, your beliefs are worth questioning. You should, you should question those. Welcome to another episode of The Michael Maloney Show, where we take you on a journey around the world, exploring the stories of successful individuals and learning from their achievements and struggles. Join us as we delve into the why and how behind their accomplishments and discover how to live a more fulfilling life. I have been been good, just busy, 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 um, just because I'm, I feel like I've got eight irons in the fire and just... Um, I've kind of told myself that this time of life is just that time where it's where it's okay to be a little spread thin just because it's like the time to like, you know, lay the seeds in the ground to really flourish later on in life. But it's that fine line of like overextending yourself. And I've recently t- really started to tell myself to like say no more. Yeah. You know, just to preserve that time that I need. Because um, obviously family is really important too. But how have you been, Nick? Um, dude, real well. Same same aspect. A lot of irons in the fire. Getting pulled a lot of different directions. And then it's, all right, where's my balance? How far can I push on this side? How far can I go on this side? Um, let's cut yeah, this right. out. This, like, this isn't, there's no, uh, nothing coming from the that effort anymore. So we can just let go of that. But, like, I saw, what was it? You got, like, an, an Airbnb now in, like, Italy or Sicily or something like that? In Spain, yeah. So, Spain? Um, a few a few investors and I, so there's, I'm the fourth, there's four of us investors in it. I met uh, Mike, the guy who kind of, like, put the deal together in a mastermind event in Arizona. He's from Canada. His two um, buddies are from also from Canada. Us three, or us four went in on it. And, yeah, here in the next, like, literally two weeks, it's going to be going live. Uh, which by the way, if you ever get an Airbnb, a vacation Airbnb, my wife taught me this. She learned it on TikTok or something. You're not supposed to post the link on social media. Like, Hey friends, look, I have this new Airbnb. If you're interested in it, go check out this link. You're not supposed to do that because people will go on and view it and then not book it. And so your booking rate goes way down. And so they they push you down in the feed of Airbnbs. So just a little life hack there. Yeah, so what you're supposed to do is you're just supposed to say, I have a new Airbnb, and then just post some pictures of it. Yeah. And then say, if you're seriously interested, please let me know, and I can send you the link. Um, and then and then when somebody reaches out, just explain to them, like, hey, you know, the way this works is if you look at it and don't book it, it's going to affect my legit or my whatever the they algorithm. call it. Algorithm. There you go. And, uh, and, and, yeah, just valuable. But, yeah, so it's in Malaga, Spain. It's it's just it's, it's in a neat spot. They call it the um, Florida of Europe. This area, Costa del Sol, coast of the sun. Uh, so it's 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 a two bedroom. Um, technically, it could it could house like five to six people comfortably. But yeah, if you're ever looking to go to Spain, man, it's it's a great time. And um, I guess I've only been there once and only for about a week. But a lot of a lot of potential there. There's a lot of beautiful things and a lot of things to do. A lot of there's a few big cities within like an hour drive. Yeah. Um, and, and where it's at is pretty big too. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the coastline of California where it's like, just like all inhabited. Right. But there's just some spots where it's like super thick and like really narrow roads and mm-hmm. what you see in the movies. 
pretty cool. Dude, that's exciting though, but, getting into that, like especially overseas and just I mean, Yeah, it just popped into my lap. Um literally Mike posted in the Facebook group, like, hey guys, I haven't like in, in the mastermind Facebook group was like, Hey guys, I have this opportunity for this investment. If anybody's interested, please get a hold of me right away. This is something that we're gonna have to move on fast. And uh because basically it was a foreclosed property, it'd never been lived in. It was um in a con it's in a condo in this like development where they built like eight of these big, beautiful apartment buildings or condos. It actually backs right up to Finica uh, Dick Cordeson, I think is how you say it. It's one of the top 10 golf courses in the world. So that's the main reason we got it was because it's literally like, there's a big wall, like literally outside my balcony, you can see this wall on the other side of the wall is that golf, golf course. course. It's literally right there. They're, they're whole, they're uh, hosting the, the a world cup this year. Uh, like the, can't think of what it's called, but anyways, um, yeah, man, we're excited about it. And it's, it's, I guess like what I was trying to say is like, it just popped into my lap. I mean, I never thought I'd be, inter you know, investing internationally this quick. And it's not like I plan on to continue to, you know, look, source out those kind of investments. I mean, maybe, yeah, throughout my life, of course, but that's not yeah. and even my top five priorities <laughs> right now. <laughs> and it, the universe was, was like, you're doing this. Yeah, right. Just everything worked out um, for sure. So yeah, man. And, and I'm in hundred percent full and, and mean when I say, let me know if you ever want to go there. Um, you know, we can, we can definitely do a discounted rate or something. And anybody now, I mean, now that we've talked about it, I might as well throw it out there, try to throw this in the podcast. If anybody wants to go to Spain and, and wants to see a cool condo, let me know. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's beautiful. And if you like golfing, God, I think there's like a par four course right in the area that you can play for free. But the golf course that I'm talking about, Finico de Cordicine, uh, that's, I think it's like $300 for an 18 hole round. But yeah. I mean, if you go that far, you got to do it once or twice. You have to do that. You have to do that, dude. For that's sure. exciting. That's fun to do that stuff though. Like to have those yeah. Airbnbs. Um, I got a couple of them. Well, here travel. Yeah. You have one in Waterloo, is that what you said? I got two. No shit. So my wife and I, we bought a house by Allen Hospital um, that we're we're trying to do that same thing just for like nurses. But where are yours at? Uh, one's by Central Middle School, then one's more in the, the Highland Boulevard district, like the old historic district. Okay. And like, what are the renters like? What's their characteristics? Are they you know are they nurses? Are they are they staying for a week or like what is it? You throw up a hundred different things on a dartboard and just throw a dart, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, it's, so like, it's, what's the average duration? It's Dude, it's random. It's two, three nights here and there, maybe a couple nights there. Every once in a while, you'll get like a, I don't want to say traveling nurse, but like some type of medical person that's coming in for a week or two. Um, okay. I got lucky having someone come in and they were starting a business. So they were there from like September through December, but that's not gonna, it's not gonna happen every year. So I got really fortunate on that because as you know, and you would assume probably, Waterloo super seasonal. So like December, January, February, March, those November, somewhere in there, like those like four or five months, it's just the amount of bookings. Nothing. Yeah. It goes down really yeah. low. So it makes it a little bit more difficult, but um, yeah, it's still fun to do. And the, the summer months are pretty nice. Do you do like the cleaning and like, do you do all that yourself? Yeah. Just for right now, there's a, I only have two of them and they're both right in town. So it's like, 
at this point sure. in time, we can do that. If we go more sure. or if it starts taking off to the point where I'm too busy, then I'll start hiring professionals. But right now, I think we'll do the same thing. I mean, if it's something local to you, and like you said, like if you get busy enough to where it's like, okay, now I'm better off using my time in the office or something and hiring somebody to clean it, yeah. like that's definitely valuable. But there's there's that there's that fine line where like when you're starting something and it's not like blowing out of the water where it's like, why not just do it? Or if it's just easy enough where you have the time, I think, yeah. like I said, we'll do the same thing. The nice thing, like um, for a while there, and I'm not currently, but just because of the market, but for a while, a buddy and I were looking at places down in Siesta Key, Florida. Yeah. And um, just because it's just a nice place, it's like an island. So it's limited. They, they can't build any more houses. It's just a little bit closer to the, the beach there in Siesta Key. But the reason, um, gosh, I just completely had a, um, Oh, the, the people would ask me like, why, why do you like, what, why are you interested in Airbnb so much? And, and the, one of the main drivers is because it's almost hundred percent passive in a way that you have, it, it's not hundred percent passive real estate. It's kind of hard to be hundred percent passive unless you hire somebody to completely manage it. But yeah, the nice thing about Airbnbs in like Florida like that is you you're because you're not there, you're required to hire everything out. And so when you do your cost analysis, you, you have to build it in that you make money and, and, and you just do it in a way that like the first couple will be difficult because you're new to it. You're just getting your feet wet. You know, you might not have a relationship with that property manager or the, the launderer or whoever. So it's easier. There's more risk there. There's more liability. Right. But, but there's, it's beautiful though, because once you get all that figured out, then it's just kind of like a self and it's, and if it's in a, in a sought after area, it's just like, you just go buy one, you set it up, you build it, you get it going the way it is, way that it needs to, to be self running basically make the right contacts and then you just keep opening them. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty solid business plan. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's not even much off of you, but you can set it up where like every five star review, the cleaner gets an extra 20, 30 bucks. So they're being yeah. rewarded for doing good things. And that's yeah, just like yeah. one of those things when you get cleaners in, at least from my, from what, everything that I've looked into is like houses looks immaculate the first couple of times and then it like they slow like all right well i'll just cut this corner i'll cut this corner i'll cut this corner i'll cut this corner yeah it's like all right well that happens um, so like that's our that's our route when we get more we'll go that route but as of right now we can it's easy enough for us to do it like the one house is literally a mile away so it takes nothing for me to run over there mow the lawn and throw some laundry in and switch it up the only sure. difficult part is when you got someone coming leaving that day and coming in that day, then you have to be a little bit more strategic, especially with everything else on our plates. Do you have just like a couple sets of laundry for the beds or do you, do you use the same ones or like, how's that work? Like I was, I went to an Airbnb workshop and this dude, he's up in Minneapolis and all of his Airbnbs, he has two sets of washers and dryers and a few of them. He has three sets just because there's such big houses. He wants to be able to go in, start three loads, dry them and put them right. Like, he doesn't want the maid to have to wait for the laundry to get done. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, I've had to take it to a laundromat on one of the quick turnarounds because the one property I have has, it can sleep 11 or 12. I think we got like, what, four queens and two twins in there. And then like that case. Oh, so it's a big house. Yeah. So in that case, if we do have a quick turnaround, we only have one dryer washer there. So it's like. We'll put one in there, bring it back here. If I have to, I'll just take it to a laundromat and then be done with it in an hour. 
where you can do like a, a 10 load cycle or something like that. Yeah. Have you found, um, have you found that, and it, this is so funny, by the way, that we've gotten into real estate, Nick, because by the <laughs> way, um, Nick, Nick is like the health guy of, of our community. So we'll get to that. But um, real quick, have you found that your Airbnbs, like, are they generating income equivalent to what it would be if it was like a long-term lease? Are you exceeding that, do you think? I've never had a long-term lease. I don't know what that would even look like. Like, so like with, if it's four bedroom, you're probably looking at at least fifteen hundred bucks a month, twelve, so, somewhere in there, and maybe closer to twelve, thirteen. Yeah, and with the bigger one, it's gonna. This is where I signed up for. So this first year is gonna be very telltaling, um, on how well it does. Sure. I had to furnish the entire thing, so there's like an extra eight thousand dollars that I put into it. Um, that's going to come off, obviously come off the, the income. So yeah, crunching the numbers, worst case, absolute worst case, I should break even. And I was like, okay, awesome. I'll, I'll take With the that first chance. year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, most businesses don't even make money the first five years just because there's, you know, and you know this obviously yeah. but just because there's so much startup cost. That, so that, and that's the thing, like when we were talking about the Airbnbs and setting them up where they're running themselves, giving the maids, you know, uh, benefits or whatever when they do a good job like that's that's a business that's literally you're setting up a business that's it's pretty cool but um anyways so so uh yeah I, I i love it but so nick you and i we first met god it's probably been three or four years ago um i think it um i you know now i can't remember who the heck introduced us do you oh not a clue couldn't tell you What's the, oh, it wasn't Nate, World with Nate podcast, even though I've yet to personally meet him. I think he might've introduced us. That name came into my head, but I was like, I don't, I don't know if he did. Nate Allison. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I don't, I don't remember either way. The good Lord brought us together. Um, that when I met Nick, it was right during the time in my life when I just had went through like this epiphany and realized that I needed to scale my business and delegate and focus on trying to help people and work on myself and try to live a healthier life and try to just live a, a, a life of longevity and, and abundance and just health and, and all this great stuff. And so, um, I worked with Nick, we worked together for probably three to four months at least. And he helped me learn a lot about the right foods to eat, like the, the um, inflammation in my body, the, you know, we, we went into the dirty, like he asked me what my poop looked like, like all the stuff, like all things health, just to, just to make sure that like, he's, he's great is what I'm trying to get at is like, he's, he understands health from a holistic point of view. And, uh, he's just, just a great all around guy. Um, I, I, we, we honestly need to hang out more. We're very similar and he likes to hunt and he's just an active guy, but, um, Nick, thanks for coming on today, man. Um, just all around impressed with who you are as a person and, and the knowledge that you hold and all that great stuff. Likewise, brother, just following. It's, it's so funny how we got introduced at that time because like I've, I've seen you grow in just everything that you're sharing. And I'm like, wow, dude, that's like, that's inspiring to me as well. And, and then you are the product of the people that you spend time with and associate with. So it's, it's powerful to see your journey as well. Take off. Well, thanks man. Yeah. Right back. Hey, I've been seeing like, all of the coaching cohorts that you've been doing. And, and so, yeah, let's jump into that. So how long have you been coaching health wise and like what got you into it? 
So uh, let's go with what got me into it. Um, I'm going to give you the, the short version of this. I was a teacher for 10 years, about halfway through. I was like, you know, I don't want to teach. I just don't know my way out. Got my master's in exercise science. As I was doing that, I came across my own personal health journey where I was not in a good place. Um, moral of the story is I couldn't have a bowel movement for, I don't know, like a week on end. Had Ended up wow. getting like lab work done. My testosterone came back equivalent to an 85-year-old man. And at this point in time, I'm 25 years old. So just imagine what it was at 85. I don't remember the units that they do it like normal is I believe right around 400 to 800 for testosterone. Yeah. And I was, that's at what it is. Yeah, I was at 85 and I, I mean, it correlated cause I had zero libido, zero energy and I didn't want to do anything. Like I was just like in this, I'm not going to say I was depressed, but I was in that, like a depressive state where just, you don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to do anything. You want to stay home. And then, Anytime you would go out, I had a ton of gas and I was like, dude, this is really stinky. Like you're very cautious yeah, of really? where you go. Yeah. yeah. So like I went to the doctors, got all the like blood work and lab work done and it came back like low testosterone. Um, and they want to throw me on, uh, some growth hormone or, uh, one of my, um, testosterone replacement therapy. Growth oh, hormone. TRT. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. And I looked at the label. Michael and the label was like, don't use this when you're around females or children, because if it, like if they come in contact with it, they can get like early onset puberty or they can have hair growth in weird places. And the light bulb went off and I was like, dude, this, like, there's something not right here. I'm 25 years old. I should be having energy. I should have like a, a sex drive right now and yeah. I don't have anything. Mm -hmm. So that, Jeez. that was like the, the kicker into, Hey Nick, you, you got to figure this stuff out on your own. So that's when I went in and I started doing a lot of trainings with uh, the Czech Holistic Lifestyle University or whatever you want to call it, the Czech system is essentially. Which they're uh, like, that's like the prestigious. I mean, that's what a lot of, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of coaches use their system just because it's such a holistic approach. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's, it's growing immensely. And it was like, something that I saw like three years before I even got into it. And I was like, I want to do that, but I'm not sure if I'm like intelligent enough to make my way through the entire program. And then here we are today in three months, I'm taking my final class with it. But that's like, I think that's a valuable lesson right there, Nick. How many times have you had something? I know for sure this happens to me where in my life where it's like, I should do this, I should do this. And then I end up doing it. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have done that earlier. Yeah. And that's my biggest, that's one of the biggest things I've learned over the last 10 years. And it sounds like you have too. the universe, yeah. God, whoever you want to call it, higher source, great spirit, whatever. They'll plant these things in front of you, whether it's a billboard, a song or a buddy recommends something or you bump yeah. into someone and it's like, oh, this is like the third, fourth time I've seen this in the last month. When am I going to start connecting the dots? And I'm getting better <laughs> at it. I'm getting better at it where it's sure, not four or five, six times. It's like, all right, this is like the third time I think I'm going to, I'm going to run with this one now. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you you said you've pat, you you just got done with your last test with the tech. I I have uh, twelve days out in California coming up in September October. So that will be our final one. And then we have like our dissertation, essentially what we have to to do. And then I will be a master check practitioner. So <clears throat> I am stoked for that because yeah, go on. What's that all about? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, well, I mean, what's the check? Can you can you give the listeners a rundown on what that all means or what? <sighs> 
Check oh, is just uh, the guy Paul Check is the founder of his institute, and he is very knowledgeable in the sense of how the biomechanical, the diet and the lifestyle, the mental and the emotional, and he throws in Eastern medicine with traditional medicine, and he just merges it together. So you can view the body from multiple different lenses to get a theme of what's going on. So there's a couple of things that like jump out at me that I want to share with your listeners is like one of the things that I do is I don't ever treat someone's disease. I treat the individual that has a disease or has some symptoms going on and it's the body expresses those when they're out of balance. So how can I bring them back into balance? Whether that's diet and lifestyle, whether they have poor posture and they're rounded forward because they're a desk worker and they got aches and pains and headaches and their shoulder or they can't raise their arm above their head because they're in this kyphotic position or like these aspects of the mental and the emotional of how these stories are impacting our lives to today. And then my job is to take that information to uh, look at it from a a perspective of what's the lowest hanging fruit that's going to move my clients forward. Where are they most out of balance? How can I get the most bang for their buck um, in the shortest amount of time? And then it's... Yeah, where to start. Yeah. And sure. <clears throat> you know this. You go, you type in any uh, any ailment or any symptom into Google, you're going to have a 1,800 pages that come up with things that you can do. And everything's going to be contradicting one another. It could be, yeah, do this, don't do that. And it's like the same thing. So a lot of people get this paralysis by analysis on where do I even go? I've tried 18 different diets. I've been to, I don't know, five, six professionals or doctors or whatever the the profession that they've gone to. And I'm still stuck. So that's like the type of person that I work a lot with. I get these people like what autoimmune or issues, or I got a couple people I've worked with, with cancer and just like gut issues that aren't going away. And it's like, cool, let's bring you back into balance. And one of the beautiful things is Many of the times, it's not the crazy things that people are trying to do. All these supplements, you're not deficient in supplementation. Let's just say that you're not deficient in caffeine. Like if we come back to the basics on what makes a human human, what makes uh, what all humans need, and you restore those, that does a huge, huge um, benefit to the individual. And so, in a thirty thousand foot view, that's what I do. Yeah. It's, it's different is what it really is. Cause like most people, like you go to the doctor and you say, Hey, I'm overweight or whatever. And like, they might recommend trying to increase your health, but after a while they'll probably give you medication or something. But here's the you thing. Know, and that's not where you're at. This is, this is the difference. Like doctors are trained in pathology. They're trained in sick people. Okay. So if you're going to go get your driver's license, do you want to be trained by someone that has 18 speeding tickets and 12 car accidents? No, <laughs> yeah, you right. don't. So what I do is I consider myself rather healthy and I am helping people achieve the state of health, not mitigate their, their, their symptoms, which is is a big difference there. I recently heard, and I don't know where, but that our DNA holds like the code for our bodies being perfectly healthy. And so like it knows, like supposedly our, at our core, our DNA or, or something inside of us, maybe it's our unconscious mind too. That, that could have been what it was actually, knows what our body could be if it was perfect. Is that true? Have you heard that before? Um, Bruce Lipton talks about this a lot, about epigenetics, above the genetics. So 
one way that I look at this is yes, everyone has their genetics. We may be more um, predisposed to certain disease or cancers or ailments, but the gen genetics loads the gun, metaphorically speaking. Your diet, your lifestyle, your environmental factors, your subconscious, your thoughts, how you view the world, that's what pulls the trigger. And that's what turns genes on and what turns genes off. So what I do is I come back and we balance those issues out or those concerns out so we're not having the the wrong gene turn on. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So people are predisposed to stuff or whatever. They're, they have chances just because of genetics. But like you said, it's the guns loaded. It's what you do, how you live your life that's going to increase or decrease the chances of them coming out inside of you or whatever. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah like Gab, um, I think it's Gabor, Gabor, Gabor Mate. He talks about this in, in his one of his books. He's got a, quite a few books, but there's a lot of themes that come up for individuals. And it, it doesn't mean causation, but there's a lot of correlations. Um, like people with breast cancer are always, they don't know how to say no, or they're giving themselves away and they don't have good boundaries. People with colon really? cancer are the ones that are like, oh, that person's a pain in my ass. That person's always bugging me. Oh my God. And it's like, oh, the words that we're using and the phrases and our thought process can manifest within our physical body. See, that's what it was. So I heard there was a guy telling a story about how he always got this pain and he pushed it down in and he, and he just, he just pushed it down in and he ended up getting prostate cancer. hundred. Yeah. This, and and it's like okay, one somebody a cons somebody who just has a hard time grabbing into the, the lot, like that kind of stuff would be like, man, I don't know that there's no way that's correlated. But there's case after case after case, yeah. and that's powerful. Just what you tell yourself. So, what are some of the more common? What were we gonna say before we let, before we switch? Sorry, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Let, I just want to throw this in there. There's two things if I can remember them. Um, <clears throat> our issues get stored in our tissues, so remember that one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And a good way to think about this is um, when we're stressed, where do people hold their stress all the time? It's always in their shoulder, neck region, right up here. They, they shrug up. Cool. People are anxious and, and they're nervous. They get butterflies. It's always in the stomach. Like we have these, these different organ systems hold different types of emotions and we store them there. And the other thing I wanted to say was, um, you mentioned you made a really good point is these this individual who had prostate cancer he kept pushing it down he kept pushing it down okay so emotions is just like e motion it's energy in motion but that individual who had prostate cancer is not expressing it it's not allowing that emotion to flow freely through us and all he's going to do is push it down and that's like shaking up a pop bottle that carbonation is going to make it bigger and bigger and bigger until the point that it's going to come out in unhealthy ways. Gosh, what a fantastic analogy. And it's so true. And so what's, what, what do you recommend in that? Like just if, if somebody is stressful, if somebody is, is going through a lot, they need to find a way to release, to, to, you know, to share that so that they don't hold on to it so that that energy can flow. Is that, is that what you would tell somebody? Yeah, I mean it's it's unique for every single for every single person, but like as a general theme, just look look at males. We're told at least in our generation, don't cry, wipe it up, like wipe your tears away, suck it up, um, show no pain. So what do we do? We 
we swallow it. We, we go numb. So we get into adulthood and I work with individuals. They're numbed out to it. They struggle expressing it at times. And there's different things that I do with clients. Like we'll do some story work where we'll write the story out. So like when the stories are in our head, it's almost like a racehorse and they got blinders on. They can only see one perspective. It's like a myopic uh, view. It's a myopic yeah. view. And when it's in our head, it's on repeat. It just go, go, goes and goes and goes and goes. So I just did this this morning with the client. Um, and not all my coaching is this way. It's when it's needed. It's when it comes up. Sure. It's like, all right, this is a block. Like we need to address this because what we're trying to do is not going to work because this is at the, the root cause of it. But some of the things that you can do is like write the story out. You write it on paper, read through it. There's a start sure. and there's an end point to it. So in your head, it's on a, a repeat. It's on a loop. When you write it out, you can see a beginning, you can see an end. Cool. That provides some relief. The other aspect that's, that we dive valuable. into though is <clears throat> you ever see someone when they're worked up, how is their breathing? Shallow. Shallow. And, yeah. Or they're holding on to it. They're just like, <gasps> so when we go into these stories, we start to breathe. There's aspects where I'll like, all right, you need to pause, take a breath, internalize what you're saying, move through it. And then as we do this, I get the individual to talk. I'm just might like, I'm very curious. So I ask a lot of questions and I get them to articulate it. Mm. And then when they start articulating these things, um, I'll be like, did you hear what you just said? Let's, let's change this up. Just a, let's change the wording up a little bit. And I'll, do you care if I share like the story? I'll share like one or two of them just so it connects. Yeah, with the please. Viewers. Um, yeah. I had an individual I was working with, I don't know, four or five months ago. And she had this belief that she was ugly, she was overweight, and people didn't like her. So I had her write down the story the first time she experienced this. And in fifth grade, she was on the playground, and she had her shirt that came up, and her belly hung out a little bit. And someone called her Jelly Belly. And that stuck with her. Yeah, And for whatever reason, I'm very good at intuiting in some of these calls. And I asked her, I let her like finish talking. I asked her, I was like, do you think he was flirting with you? Because middle or elementary school, we make fun of the people that we like, things of that nature. Yeah. It was curious. I asked her that and she's like, at first she's like, no. And then she sat back and she pondered. She's like, and a big smile came over her face. And she's like, really? she's like, he asked me. Or she, he asked me to be his, uh, his girlfriend in third grade. And then in, or the year before, whatever year it was. And then the year after he was my first kiss. And I was like, Oh, so this individual that you thought was making fun of you was actually flirting with you. And it was your first kiss. And like, she's like, Nick, I don't know what the hell just happened, but this weight, she's like, I feel like it's awesome. And I was like, that's it. Cause we hold these stories. And like, as I was saying before, we had this, this narrow view of what's going on and how we perceive it. So you just open the, yeah, blinders. how we perceive it. Yeah. So yeah, you open the, the blinders up and then they're like, Holy shit. I was looking at that completely the wrong way. So that's like, so it's almost like you help your, you help your clients like with the mechanics of how to process thought. And that's, that's huge. Cause not only are you helping them identify it then, but more likely now as she goes on into her life, if she has something weird where she starts to like put emotion towards it, like think that something matters or like somebody says something, she'll more quickly identify like, okay, no, this is probably bullshit. Yeah. You and know, most that's, of that's the, super valuable. 
And most of the stories that we have or our beliefs that we have are bullshit. They're not our own. Like someone Tony Robbins says it's your belief system. It's BS. Yeah. It's bullshit. You know, it's (laughs) it's so true. You you have to constantly be challenging your belief system. I think that's so, so accurate. And so when I come back to the curiosity piece, I invite all my clients, be very curious about what you're saying and what you're sharing. Is this even true? Question it. Be curious. I like that. Yeah. If you're, if your beliefs, if you can't question your beliefs, your beliefs are worth questioning. You should, you should question those. I'm almost positive oh, uh, I came up with that quote too. So I want to throw a little. You did? I don't, I've never yeah. heard that anywhere else, but I like it. So I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> so if you can't, if you can't question your beliefs, it's time to question your beliefs. Is that what if you can't question your beliefs, your beliefs are worth questioning. I think, oh, now you got me double. Ga- Dude, that's awesome. Uh, all right. So let's, let's jump, let's jump to, I'm curious when you meet with somebody and and with you know out of you know all the people you've met, what would you say is the most common initial low hanging fruit that you that you work on that you that you that you focus on? I thought I was eating healthy, bar none, hands down, the simplest thing. We live in a society where we are bombarded with trash food. You go to any restaurant, you go to any convenience store, you go to any grocery store. I mean, look, the grocery store has a health section that's three aisles big. What's the other part of the grocery store? Yeah. And there's there's a lot of nuances. There's not I don't want to use the word nuance. There's a, a continuation or a continuum of healthy foods. Like you got Snickers bars and things of that nature down here. You got some processed foods. You have like just regular fruits and veggies. You have like organic foods. You have biodynamical biodynamic raised like local raised foods. And my goal when I work with those individuals is, A, I want you to see where you're at. And let's just start scaling this continuum so you're moving in the right direction. Let's be real. Not moving everyone yeah, not way. everyone that I work with wants to go buy organic foods and live that way. But if we can get them making healthier choices and eating better quality foods, they're going to feel it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I remember when I worked with you, um, like you had – and you still – I'm sure you would still share these options with me or even any of the listeners if they reached out, but um, you, you had sources here locally where I could buy like farm raised chicken, um, eggs. Um, there were multiple sources you provided where we could order like um, pasture raised chicken breast and just different like elk meat and buffalo meat and stuff like that. And, and, and honestly, now that I think about it, I guess I've never given you the credit for this, and, and, but you deserve it. Like when I worked with you, that was when I really decided to stop eating processed foods. And like, of course, there's a couple meals every month where it's yeah, like convenience or, you know, just let's throw a DiGiorno in the, you know, in the oven, like whatever. Um, but, but most of the time I eat whole foods or, or like elk or deer meat, or I, I don't even like my wife and I, we don't buy beef from the store. And I have nothing against people that do that. I was, I used to be that way, but it's, it's like you said, it's working up the ladder to try to live in the best way possible, you know, I have goals to like live to 120. Like that's literally what I, I would love to. And of course, if my, if my joints aren't doing well in my nineties, I'm, I'm going to think way differently, but I believe that if I do the right things, if I treat my body the right way, it's possible. Who knows what kind of medical advancements we're going to have in our lifetime. Right. But yeah, I mean, just the sort, and, and you know, that's, that's guided me to start raising chickens and um, some turkeys, you know, that we're going to butcher and, 
it's it, it all stems from sustainable and even even more importantly just healthy sourcing of meat before we continue i'd like to take a moment to share something i'm passionate about with you if you're someone who is constantly striving for personal growth and loves surrounding yourself with other motivated individuals you're going to want to hear about this check out growthgroupinc.com this is an exclusive community made up of high achievers and dynamic entrepreneurs just like you it's a space where like-minded individuals come together collaborate and support each other on their own journey to success. Growth Group is more than just a community. It's a collective mindset, a commitment to getting better every single day. We believe in the power of connection, collaboration, and constant growth. And we're confident that being part of this community will give you an unparalleled advantage on your path to success. So take a moment, visit growthgroupincorporated.com and join us as we elevate our lives together. Trust me, this is one investment in your future you will not regret. Now, let's get back to our conversation. Let me let me share this story with you just so the listeners are like, all right, yeah, it, it's healthier, but like, why is it healthier? Okay, so let's, first okay, of all, yeah. how they raise cattle, most of them are grass-fed. We'll just use cattle for an example. Most of them are grass-fed until they're... Uh, until they want to start going to slaughters. What they do is they feed them a lot of grains, things of that nature that aren't good for them. Those grains are also going to be sprayed with a lot of pesticides and chemicals and glyphosate, which is an antibiotic or patented as an antibiotic. Anti-life does no good for your gut. So you will be taking those in. Not to mention, you're taking in the sick animal. Okay, so that sick animal is coming into your body. Would you rather have a healthy animal coming in or a sick animal coming in? And there is a difference. Here's a, a cool story that I had that I was working with a client. I don't know if cool is the right word, but very eye-opening is she was having sure. issues with um, gluten in her diet. Okay? So I was like, we got to take gluten out. We took it out, and she was starting to feel better. And then, <clears throat> like, she still, like, would have diarrhea. It would still show up in the toilet, as Michael was saying earlier. Yes, I want you guys to look at your poop. It's the best report card you can ever get. It's the best... Um, uh, best lab work you can ever do is looking in the toilet. And so what we figured out is she was not eating organic uh, beef or grass-fed beef. She was eating beef that was giving grains and wheat and things of that nature that was not healthy for the cow. She was getting the bioaccumulation of that into her body, and she was having a response to what the, what she was eating was eating. We took her off of that, and we got her on grass-fed, Boom, digestion clears up, bowel movements back to normal, and it's like, wow. And now she has that power. She understands that for the rest of her life. I don't even have to harp on that one more time. See, and that's just like, it's it's amazing because there's so many people that are walking around on this earth right now, just low energy, low sex drive, just not feeling good. They're running to the toilet, you know, eight times a day, squirting out of their ass, just, just don't feel good. And it's, and if just, if they could have this knowledge, you know, if they had the opportunity to work with somebody like you, they would be able to figure out what they need to do to live a more happy life and just more energetic. And mm -hmm. I mean, I keep, there's just so much freaking power in that, like work. And, and it goes back to working on yourself. Cause that's what this is. It's, it's putting focus back on yourself, looking in the mirror, figuring out what you need to do to get better, eat better, live a more abundant life. Come on, people, let's do this. If, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, 
I right now don't have the best diet. I don't have that much energy. It's hard to get out of bed. My sex drive isn't amazing. Nick, reach out to him, um, please, because I, I think I think you'd be of great service. And here's you look here's like the, you have something. Yeah, here's I want to add this in. Here's what was different from you with a lot of other people is you had a big enough dream. You're like, do you know what? I want to get better. I want to make this my life. I want to like I want to put more irons in the fire. Not that you don't have enough in at that point in time, but you want to have like this legacy. So there's a quote, I think it's Joe Welch that says, I believe, don't quote me on that, but if you have a big enough dream, you don't need a crisis. So a lot of the people I work with, they have to hit rock bottom before they're like, Oh shoot, I need to make a change. And what Michael and what I'm saying is don't wait until that point, because then at that point in time, it's a lot tougher. You're a lot further downhill and you got to go up a lot higher. No, that's a great point. Um, and, and, and I, and I apologize. I keep coming back to myself. I don't want my listeners to think that it's all that I'm trying to talk all about me, but I'm truly really working hard to set my life up in a way. Cause I'm, I want to do personal develop, development, speaking and coaching. So if I'm going to be that person, I need to, I need to be able to coach on it and from a perspective of having, having figured, figured it out. But, um, working out and, and just staying consistent and, and, Developing a workout regimen has just been astronomical to my overall health and happiness and ability to go th- go through all, everything that I'm trying to do right now. And if and, if, and the beautiful thing about it is like even if you're not the kind of person where you are super ambitious and you want to start eight businesses and and buy a bunch of rental properties like Nick and I and, and do all that stuff, that is perfectly fine. But you should still try to work on your health so that you can live a life of abundance and. You know, a lot of people, for good reason, believe in afterlife. I myself believe in God, and I believe in heaven, and and that. But there's there is a chance that that there's no afterlife, right? And and the good Lord knows that I believe in it because that's I believe everything that I'm doing with my life is to to honor Him and to to help be a disciple of Christ and to impact other people, right? But let's say for some reason there isn't an afterlife. I'm not saying that I believe that there is, and I'm just saying there's a chance. Well, I want to make sure that I live my life on this earth to my fullest. I don't want to waste this existence. Like when I go to bed, I, I, I'm unconscious. When I wake up and my eyes open up, I am conscious. I can see, I can hear, I can feel, I can taste, I can walk. I can, I'm fortunate. I'm very blessed to be able to do all of this. Right. And, and so are 99% of the population. So it's like, I believe we have a duty while we're on this earth to use every single moment of every single conscious moment to like live and to like experience ourselves and 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 when you when you have that kind of a mindset all of a sudden when you get into a bad mood you come out of that bad mood much quicker because you realize that wasting time in that bad mood is just literally opening the drain and letting the water drain out of the like if, if, if like the water in the bathtub was your life you're just like draining it out and just wasting it just completely wasting it or like if you're thinking about not going to the gym you're like man no, I'm going to go today because if I don't go today, there's a chance I'm going to, my, my habits of going to the gym every day are going to fail. I'm, I, I'm, I just need to go. Or it's like, if, if, if I don't read these 10 pages of this book, I'm, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to gain knowledge that was going to help me impact people and make my life better and make me a better father or whatever. And, and, and it's not like, it's not like, I'm not trying to say you have to like push yourself to that, that massive, standard all the time like there's time to 
to rest like on Sundays and like, you know, when, when you're with your kids and you know, when you're on your day with your significant other, but other than that fucking foot to the floor, let's go, baby. Life is good. Let's go for it. Let's, let's get as much as we can. And, and, and that's why I, I jive so well with the guy like Nick, because he too sees how living a life where you eat right, you exercise, it's not even necessarily about being the jackest guy in the weight room. It's just about being healthy and having mobility and, and, and inter- your internal organs being healthy. And, and it's, it's, it's exciting stuff. I, I don't know. I just kind of went on a side tangent there, but it's just so exciting to, to live a life this way. And, and if anything, I just want to paint the picture in the listeners' minds of what that perspective looks like and, and what, what it can do for your trajectory of life. Yeah, and what you're sharing, I mean, though, is it comes back to what we were talking about earlier, your perception. That's your perception. That's yeah, what you want exactly. to do. Where if you got a, yeah. a negative perception, it's a lot easier to fall into that trap of self-loathing and pity. And do you know what? Life is happening to me, not for me. Exactly. Yeah, you know it, man. I love it. <laughs> you spitting some good ones today. Um, so, awesome. So, so in most cases people's issues are their diet, what they eat. And so what do you, what's, what do you normally say? Like what, how do you usually go about that? Or yeah, do so, you just have them start tracking what they do or like if, if somebody's going to work with you, what, what should they expect with that? Oh, that's uh it's an unfair question because every single person <laughs> I work with, it's just different because everyone's coming sure. at different, different points in their it life. It needs to be, I'm sure. And we're going to have a, like one of the things I do is I have all my clients do a five-day food blog. Let's see what you're putting. Most people are just very unaware of how much, what they're eating and how much of they're eating. <clears throat> Not that I'm saying I want people to starve themselves because I want people to nourish themselves. But there's a big... Do you think that's because people are just busy so they just get into the habit of putting food as a low priority? They're just like, when I'm hungry, I eat. Like I need to cook for the kids at night. But other than that, it's just like fill their bellies and move on. Like, why do you think people don't pay attention to what they eat? Because I don't know if people understand the importance of what nutrition actually does to them. And that's, that's and what, like I, what What are the stakes? Yeah. Like, so here's an analogy that I always use with my clients. And it happens with 99% of them is they come to me, they're eating, most of them are eating like a, if you ha- imagine a ladder, the 10th rung is like super healthy. This first rung is like you're eating garbage all the time. Most people come to me and they're at like a two, three, or four on the rung. Okay, so if you're at a four on the rung and you go have McDonald's or something that doesn't resonate with you, you drop from a four to a three. You don't really notice it because it's only one rung. But as you start eating healthier and you're moving up that ladder, if you're at a seven or an eight now and you drop down to a three, you experience it. You understand what that feels like. You're like, wow, I just want to lay on the couch today. Wow, my bowel movements look like trash. Oh, now I have acne. Oh, I can't think clearly. Oh, I'm yelling at my kids. I can't have a relationship with my husband because I'm just reacting instead of responding. And they don't understand how all all these things are literally a direct cause of what they're putting into their body. So what I do first is, A, let's just get you eating quality or quality, more quality foods. You don't need to be anal about it. Let's just... I'm going to be a little bit more anal because that's what I do for a profession. I want to be like 90% healthy. The general population, eat healthy 80% of the time. Enjoy your desserts. Enjoy your teas or your your wines and things of that nature. But let's get to a point where you're at 80% healthy and then your body can withstand it 
when you do have a, an off day or an off meal. And they can start making the connections of how it impacts their body. That's where I need them to know or where I need them to get to. No one knows your body, Michael, better than you know your body. I can run every single lab test on you and I can see it from a, uh, a data standpoint, but you truly know what it feels like to be Michael. So you know when yeah, something's doing well for you and when something isn't doing well for you. So if I can help that individual to start experiencing what it feels like to feel really good and then also what it feels like to feel really crummy, they're going to be more apt to buy into it and be like, oh, this is really impacting my life, whether it's work, whether it's relationships, whether it's my energy levels, my libido, my acne, how I look. I mean, most of the foods out there are inflaming. If you roll an ankle, what happens to your ankle? It swells up. If we're eating foods that are inflaming us, we hold on to more water weight. Okay, most people out there want to lose weight. Cool. One of the simplest things is take out some of the foods that are inflaming to you. You take those out, you lose five, six pounds right, right away. It's not even fat. It's just inflammation. I can honestly say that I'm, for the first time in my entire life, at the point where I feel like I'm at like that seven on the rung, the ladder. And like where I, if I eat like a McChicken from McDonald's or something like that, I, it just feels like there's just this mass in my stomach. Mm -hmm. It's just like, like it, I feel like it's plastic and it just doesn't. And like you said, my energy levels and, 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 and just so the listeners know, I, up until about a year ago or up until really about when I worked with you and, and I've slowly been improving since then, um, I was that person where it was like, and actually I wish I could pull up a picture. I saw a picture of me like four, four or five years ago and I looked terrible, super skinny, scrawny. My form was ter. I mean, and and, and now I, I, I truly believe that I'm at that seven where if I eat something crappy, it's like, wow, my body rejects it. And it's, 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 it's interesting because I, I like you, you, when you said acne, it made me think like I'm a bald guy now. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I eat, if I eat shitty food, I'll notice my head will get like greasier than hell. It's, and that's kind of, that sounds nasty, but we're talking about health right now. It's, it's real. It's, it's a, it's a true thing. And, Unfortunately, like you said, there's some people that just live their life, you know, like you see those people on, on the, and forgive me there. I know there's people out there that have issues in their stomach that cause them to gain weight, but not everyone, you know, there's people out there that are just obese as hell. And it's just like, they're, they're, they're just, they're so low. And then they have so much stacked on top of them where they feel like they can't get out. I mean, that's just, I understand how it's hard to get out of that, but man, it's, it all starts with that diet. And, and when you just constantly fill yourself with trash, I mean, how do you, how would you ever get away from it? Yeah. And that's, from, that's from like recently. when I work with individuals, I need to work with them for a minimum four months because that's, the stuff doesn't happen overnight. You didn't add on those 20, 30, 40, hundred pounds overnight. It's going to True. take time. That's and that's where we have to build the habits so that they can continue on past our time. But I'll share this interesting thing with you when you're talking about diet and your hair getting greasy. I have one thing of deodorant over there. I've probably had for about eight months now. If I eat poor quality foods, I can smell myself. There's many times I don't wear deodorant wow. because I don't, the skin is the largest organ and that's how your body can help detoxify. So if you're pushing toxins out your body, you're going to have more of a foul smelling odor to yourself. I even had, I've done cleanses before to get a lot of these toxins out because they get stored in our organs and other places. 
that I will have to wear glasses for a month because my vision goes to shit. I don't ever wear glasses, ever. But I have a prescription pair that I wear anytime I go through a cleanse because it will impact my eyes. My eyesight is impacted by my digestion and my food choices. And like people are like, oh, that's... So here's Nick, the health coach who eats a 9 out of 10. And he does a cleanse and he has to wear glasses because the, the toxins are coming out of him. And, and, and once again, I'm not trying to shame these morbid obese people, but just consider that compare Nick to one of these people who's five, four, five, six hundred pounds. Imagine the toxicity that, that r- runs rampant in their bodies and how more likely they are to con- contract cancer or diabetes or some detrimental and diabetes isn't necessarily detrimental, but something that is that's life changing. Yeah, well, I would argue diabetes is very life changing. For yeah, but it, it goes back to the the genetics and the diet and the lifestyle. Um, pull the trigger. So if you're in a very unhealthy place, what genetics are going to be expressed? Um, so I was going to share something else, and I just lost that that one. So, dude, I I, I know how it goes. It's Monday morning. Um, I, as you as you've seen in this interview today, I've I've lost my train of thought a few times. It happens. It's it's part of the part of the conversation. But um, what? Okay, so diet. What what would you say would be one of the next things that people? So, and the reason why I'm asking this is I would like to just for, and I'm, there's already been so many takeaways during this recording, but for, for somebody who's, who's maybe not local, which by the way, if you're not local to Iowa, you can still work with Nick on zoom or online. So, I mean, he, he can coach worldwide. So, um, and, and at the end of the episode and, and in the comments, we'll make sure to get, um, Nick's information out there. So you, you know how to get a hold of him, but besides diet and basically just knowing what to eat. And recognizing the importance of a proper diet, would you would you say is 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 like physical exercise the next I, one, or is it, is it something? Here's different? what I would say: um, it's tough to tell depending on where the individual is at. The more stressed they are, if you put them into a training program that's like fairly high intense for what they're used to that training program stresses the body out. How do you adapt? Like, how do you grow Mm. muscle? You got to stress the body out. So there's a lot of times where the physical component is one of the last pieces that I work on. I'm not saying don't be active. I'm not saying sit around. I want you to walk, go for bike rides, go for just be active. But the training component probably could be pushed back. Um, So when I look at- Maybe that's where some people go wrong then, you know, because some people when they, when they're like, New Year's resolution, they're like, I'm going to go start working out. Yeah. And they don't even, maybe they should just not go gung ho on working out and put more effort into their diet. Well, let me, let me share this perspective. The general theme of what's being promoted as healthy is cut your calories, work out more. Okay. The more toxic you are, the body doesn't like those toxins floating around in the blood. So they store them in fat. Okay. So if you're burning a bunch of fat, but you don't have good digestion, you don't have good nourishment coming in. You're just really re-releasing those toxins into your body if you can't excrete them out. Okay, so that's interesting. And then the other aspect of the calorie counting, which I'm not a fan of, is they only look at the quantity, not the quality of foods. Our body has no recognition of uh, how many calories you're eating, but it does recognize satiation. So we have hormones that recognize satiation. So if you eat quality foods, you're going to be satiated. 
when you are satiating the satiation is that like the quality of the nutrients yeah you're just you feel like f- the level yeah yes and no like you feel full and you feel energized but what's going to satiate you michael may be different than what satiates me i do i do very well on having a lot more proteins and fats in my diets than i do on a big salad i don't feel satiated with that and i'm hungry an hour later where you may have a huge salad and a little bit of protein and you feel satiated for four hours. That's a sign of a good meal. So it's, that's where there's some, that's where the coaching comes involved. I'll just share that part. But from a, 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 a general standpoint, when people come to me, they're out of balance. Their body is under a ton of stress. They're highly inflamed. Cool. So how do we douse that fire? Well, good quality nutrition, rest, and recover appropriately. So how how is their sleep? How is their introspective? And what's the? There's such a, a variance in what professionals recommend for the right amount of sleep. Yeah. I mean, I've heard nine hours. I've heard six hours. So what do you think? So what I tell my uh, my clients is, get eight hours for a week or two, and then prove me wrong. Let's make eight hours a baseline, and then prove me wrong that you can go on less. But we know if you get poor quality sleeps, it, it impacts your hormones. It's going to impact your metabolism. It's going to impact how you break down and metabolize foods. So if you're not getting good quality sleep, was it less than six and a half hours? You're pre-diabetic the next day. You're going to crave more sugary foods. So if you're struggling with sugar cravings, one of the best things you can do is get eight hours of sleep. See, and for a lot of people, especially listeners of this podcast, we, we tend to have a lot of entrepreneurs and go-getters, high performers, it's easy for us, especially, you know, I, I'm feeling this now with two kids, uh, you know, kids are crawling into bed at like five in the morning, you know, so you're pretty much awake at that point. So it's hard to get quality sleep after that mm-hmm. in order to get to bed in time to get those eight hours, or I usually get around six and a half, seven. Um, you know, you got to be in bed. Let's see if you get up at five, that'd be 10, which is doable. Mm-hmm. No, that's only seven. It'd have to be nine, right? If you got up at five, you'd have to be in bed by nine, nine, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, it's doable, but that takes dedication. And then to to actually get the quality sleep for eight hours of quality sleep consistently, like I said, that takes a lot of dedication. And so there's probably a lot of people, especially listening to this podcast that don't get that much sleep. Um, So, so you you really think a full eight hours. So I would, like I would say, prove me wrong, get eight hours and then, and I would ask those people that are getting six and a half hours to reflect. How healthy are they? How good do they feel? Do they need to live off of caffeine all day? Are they living off of sugary treats to get the energy? Can they go through the entire day without needing to nap or that they're exhausted and they can barely keep their eyes open? Those are things. So something I've never thought about. What happens when we sleep? Like why, why is it that when we get a couple more hours – why does it make that much of a difference? Is it just that because we're relaxed, we're not exerting energy? Like, because it's easy to think like a cell phone, you plug it in and it charges. It's like, it's like somewhere in our body does that energy get stored? Is it, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if I fully understand the question, but. So like where, how do we, how do we recharge? Like what in us rejuvenates that allows us to feel more energized when we're conscious versus being unconscious sleeping? Is it just the rest, you know, or is it? That's when a lot of these, uh, these processes happen within the body of it's essentially like you were saying with a cell phone, like you need to charge your cell phone. 
our way to charge ourselves is through that deep sleep, the REM sleep, not the light sleep. The light sleep has its purpose, but um, if you're only getting light sleep throughout the entire night, that's not going to be beneficial for you. That, that's where um, we consolidate memories, and that's where our learning capacity comes from and our energy level. So I don't know if that answers your and question. It's a deep, it's a, well, it's a deep question, too. I, I, I really – I don't um, – maybe not to the extent that I was looking for, but that's fine because I don't know if, 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 if it's something that is even answerable. I, I just don't know – if it's if it's our, our if our organs reset or like because you definitely notice it and you, and you notice when you don't get sleep how like drained you feel um so it's just kind of interesting i guess i've never thought about so the, it from this the from eastern this medicine um what they talk about is every organ is on like a two-hour interval so if you're waking up at certain times in the night that's a, an indicator that that organ is functioning or it's not functioning well so if you're waking up uh I, these aren't going to be correct, but I think your liver is between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. And then I think your lungs are between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. And then uh, your your bowels are like 7 and 9 a.m. So you can start correlating that. But yes, each process or each organ in the body goes through like a detoxification, regenerative, rejuvenative process. It's just like when you go to the gym, you don't grow in the gym. You're actually breaking your muscles down. It's when you sleep and rest and recover is when your muscles actually grow. Okay. So yeah, you think about it, you start to think about like it at the molecular level when you're, when you're just laying there sleeping, you're not tensioning up or, you know, you're not really moving at all. So it probably allows your muscles and your entire body to heal like at at the cellular level where the cell process, where it, tears and it rebuilds and the ATP or whatever, and then it gets rid of the toxins and the blood pulls it out. And it's probably just that downtime of just not doing anything that just allows your body to get cleaned up to where your cells are more oxygen, oxygen, oxygenated or whatever. So you just have that, that local energy available to, to, to be conscious and, and feel energized. Does, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. And, I'll just go out and say I'm not an expert in this concept, so I don't want to throw out false ideas. Right, and, and I'm just well, yeah. it's 100. percent And and that's and that's why I said, and and it's no offense, but you might not be able to answer the question to, to that extent. Yeah. It's, it's it's like a molecular. Do- I get it's a doctor, and, and I know you're basically a doctor, Nick. I'm not trying to, yeah. you know what I mean. I'm I not know. trying to degrade you at all. I'm just, it's just, it's a, it's a deep, very deep question, and and but. But the more we've discussed it, the more that it, I could see where that would make sense, that your body, you know, all the cells would have more opportunity when you're when you're resting to just rejuvenate. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would think about it from this standpoint of like throughout the day, you're moving, you're you're breaking things down, you're you're very catabolic, which just means like tissue breakdown, where if you're breaking down, we need the the opposite of that to balance it out. We need that rest and recover for it to heal. How it heals? That makes sense. How it heals? It's do I? I don't really care on the like the the molecular level because I just know it heals. Then so cool. I get my clients more rest yep. and it works. <laughs> yeah. um, if I improve their quality, I, and, and that's just me being like ultra curious. Yeah, I just it's, it's just fascinating. You know, it's like the human body is just so freaking fascinating. It's it's we're so blessed to have this opportunity to live through these vessels. <laughs> and for anyone that is interested, I would. Uh, look up um matthew walker um he's like the sleep genius guy out there 
Matthew Walker, okay. and I think there's another book called Light, Sleep, and Sugar by something Wiley. And that would, if I remember correctly, that one goes a little bit more in depth into it. Um, cool. Yeah, some of these concepts I don't retain. I don't talk about them all the time enough to even remember. I get, <laughs> dude, there's so much out there too. And that's why I think there's a lot of value in doing what you're doing with like the Czech Foundation and kind of sticking to like the, 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 the like a certain approach just because it's so easy in the fitness and, and self-improvement realm, especially in the, the um, fitness and the health realm. There's so many different opinions and well, different... And I'll share this with you too. I think this applies exactly to what you're saying. Like, so there's six foundational principles that I base a lot of my coaching off our thinking. So if you are listening to this, take your pointer finger, put it to your forehead, our thinking, our thoughts and our words, essentially you can say stress. Okay. Now point to your nose, our breath. We literally take 25,900 breaths a day. You can't go more than three minutes without breathing. It's foundational to your, your survival point to your mouth drinking. What you can go about three days before you really start to uh, to notice the effects of dehydration, um, if not perish by then. Eating, you got about three weeks before you can that you can go without eating um, before you really really notice it. And most people would start to notice that within a day or two without eating. But then we go to sleep. So your pointer finger now becomes like your two prayer hands next to your ear. Yep, your sleep. That's the biggest. Uh, it's a torture. If you don't allow someone to sleep, that's a form of torture. Like that's how vital sleep is to us. And then the last piece is movement. Okay. So if I just asked you, Michael, to sit in your chair all day and you can't move, you can't survive. You have to go get food. Yeah. <clears throat> so those are the six basic foundational principles that I speak about. Like we got to get these in balance. A lot of people are just like, too much or too little and they don't know where that that middle ground is it's almost like a bowling analogy we need the bumpers up so we can find that middle ground of what's what's beneficial for them and life ebbs and flows there may be time michael you're in this area or this period of your life where you may only get seven hours of sleep especially with the kids being young and crawling into bed cool if that's where you're at i would focus on optimizing the other aspects the nutrition the hydration the good quality movement and it might not always be like going to push it hard in the gym. It could be yoga or some Tai Chi or some movement meditation. But yeah, right. that's, that's, where, that's where I teach and that's where I coach it to help the individuals find that balance. And to go back to your question as well with the sleep is, okay, if I can't change that aspect in a client of mine, I'm not going to focus on that. Because if they're not willing to change there or they can't change there for whatever reason, cool. Well, we got five other pieces that are very vital that we can optimize, which there's a spillover effect. Anytime you improve one aspect of those six principles that we talked about, it's going to improve the others. Just like you improve the quality of sleep, oh. you're going to improve your nutrition choices. You're going to improve your hydration. You're going to improve your movement. You're not going to be breathing as deeply. You're going to have better thoughts. So there's, it's a spider web. All these things are connected together. And that's what I help teach my clients so they can see it, they can feel it, they can they have that, that, yeah, just that connection with it to understand it for themselves and their own personal journey. Well, and then once they learn it, once they go through like a maybe a year or two process of really optimizing this, and, and, it, and obviously it's a lifelong approach, 
I mean, then they're going to be that much better off. Like I've talked about many times in this episode, there's, and I'm actually realizing, realizing them through talking with you about how your impact on me has affected the way that I've lived even well after we work together. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's powerful. But stuff. it has an impact on your kids and how you respond to your kids versus reacting to your kids. Life and, and then, yeah. And, and then how and, your kids yeah, respond sure. with other kids and then they don't grow up with daddy issues. And yeah. like my dad was, my dad was a hothead. He used to throw things because he didn't know how to take care of himself. And then those kids I work with to help break down those patterns and to help them see that it wasn't their fault. But yeah, it's, it's those six principles are spider web, but you and me and the community and the collective, we're all connected via spider web as well. So the more that I think it's Michael Jackson, it starts with the man in the mirror. Like if you want to make improvements to the collective, it has to start yeah. with yourself. What a great song. Too. <laughs> starts with the man in the mirror. No, dude, I heard that song for the first time, believe it or not, like a year ago. And I like looked it up. I'm like, this is such a good song. I love what this what they're saying. And I looked it up and it's, it's Michael. Actually, no, it wasn't even that. I was just talking to somebody else about it. I was like, have you ever heard the song The Man in the Mirror? They're like, dude, that's Michael Jackson. Duh. <laughs> like, oh my God, where have I been the last 30 years of my life? So funny. <laughs> so funny, brother. No, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Well, awesome, Nick. Man, thanks so much for coming on today. I'm definitely going to have to have you on again um, sometime. You know, just maybe if something in the in the news comes up health-wise or, you know, if you have something new that you're implementing with your with your students, um, the people you teach and coach, or, you know, just whatever, just let me know. You're, you're an interesting guy. I think a lot of people are going to like listening to this episode. Um, so thanks. Thanks again for coming on, Nick. Dude, it's a pleasure. I just love sharing this stuff. I like seeing people healthy and vital and vibrant. I think there's something to say about somebody who's passionate about something. I mean, I can, I can listen to you talk all day. I mean, you can tell you're passionate about it. That's you're, you're very invested. Um, so how, how would somebody reach out to you? What's the best way for somebody to contact you if they're you know interested, just even if they have questions or maybe they would want to work with you? Yeah. So one of the best ways is I would just send me an email. If you have questions and we can hop on a zoom call, I like meeting people face to face or at least if not in person via zoom, and that's uh, yeah. coolfit, K-U-H-L-E-F-I-T at gmail.com. And just say, I heard it from Michael's podcast. I would love to connect further. Um, I have awesome. a Facebook okay. page, Nick Cool. I have an Instagram page, I am Nick Cool. I think Nick Cool is taken when I try getting that. Um, website <laughs> is coolfit.com. And that's just my last name, K-U-H-L-E. So reach out to me one of those ways. And I would love to, to hop on a call and see if, it's the right fit for you guys, for whoever's listening. Awesome. Michael, this has been Dude, I just thought you'd be great on TikTok. <sighs> That's just one more social media app that I don't want to be on. But it's all reels. And then you just, you can just like, like you could be that guy going to the store saying, this is what most people buy. And then you look at it and then you can talk about why you, they shouldn't yeah. buy it and then give them a good, dude, those go viral. And and the thing about it is it's not about like, there's a lot of kids out there and teenagers and just a lot of adults even that do those things for, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for significance. They just want to be well known. They just want to be popular. And, and, and I struggle with this sometimes because as being a coach as wanting to be like a Tony Robbins type influencer, you have to be known. Right. So I have to get my name out there, but it's not about that. It's about impact. So if you think about it, Nick, you're really big into impact. You want to 
help people, you want to share these these uncommon, well-known things, get your ass on TikTok. Get, get some vines out there. You can just click the button and it automatically puts the captions on there. And, and what will happen, hopefully, I, I could see very well with just who you are and the way you hold yourself and the way you talk and the way you, you know, just how smart you are. I could see where you would do really well and then get viral and then people would start following you and then you would impact people yeah. and, 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 and probably reach way more people than you would just here locally, you know? Yeah. I, um, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And I will, uh, yeah. yeah, I have about, Consider I do have a TikTok and I don't even know what the name is. There's like eight videos on it and <laughs> maybe I'll bring that back up. It takes time to just be consistent. I, I guess more or less just sharing love with you, brother. I really do look up to you and you got a lot going on and you're, you're very, you're very wise when it comes to health and business and, and all that good stuff. So um, once again, thanks for coming on today, Nick guys, please reach out to Nick. Um, cool fit. K U H L E F I T.com. All right. Thanks again, man. That was another episode of The Michael Maloney Show. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.